Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. Well, God's Word is always good, and I'm excited to be I'm excited to be able to share with you this morning um, from the Word of God. You know, the Scripture says, uh, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, and faith is really just a trust. How many have people you get around, around, you're not sure you can trust them? You get a little guard, you get a little wall. But, the rea- but uh, for us to receive the benefits of God, we've got to tear all the walls down between us and God. We've got to tear all the walls down, and uh, the reality of it is God wants us to trust Him so much that we'll tear down the walls between each other. Isn't that scary? He wants us to tear down the walls so that we can touch others for him. And um, I got so much up here, I don't know what to do. (laughs) We're going to figure something out. We're going to get you out of here because I'm just as hungry as you are. (laughs) Glory to God. Um, I was laying in bed the other... uh, the other morning, I'd, I had awakened. I wasn't uh, dreaming or anything. It wasn't a prophetic vision. But I was laying there, and the, and the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me and said, Make Him known. Make Him known. You know, uh, all of you know that, well, most of you, uh, some of you know, <laughs> that I have a particular team in football I like. And I think about them, and I listen to podcasts, and I do things like that. So a lot of times my mind is, and I love Christmas time because all of you become Chiefs fans, you're wearing red. So, uh, hallelujah. But uh, anyway, but we have to make him known. And the reality is, is, I think we make things too difficult. We make things, uh, even faith, we make difficult. And Jesus said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And that rest is a rest of faith. It's a rest of faith. Those Those who believe God have entered into his rest. The reality is, is God has already accomplished everything that needs to happen, and we've got to rest and and trust that He will take care of it. But the reality is, is sometimes uh, there's a big old idol between us and Him, and that idol is called self, self-centeredness. I remember years ago we had a, a, a 
the youth thing had a, a thing called center stage. Well, the reality was is that Jesus was the center stage. Jesus is the center stage. And so, if you remember, actually, I'm still talking about what I've ta- been talking about for the last two weeks. We started talking about feast or famine. And that's feast or famine of the Word of God. Okay? And then last week, we, we talked about a better covenant. Better covenant based upon better promises. Well, I don't know what the title is this morning. We'll just see what happens by the end of it. But the reality is, is that Jesus, or the Spirit of God, spoke to me the other morning and said to me, he said, make him known. Does anybody carry a Bible anymore? Or you have an app? We'll go to John chapter 1 and verse 1. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. What have we been talking about the last two weeks? About the Word of God in our lives. The Word of God is, uh, we either feast on it or we famine. It's, we have a famine uh, uh, of the Word of God when we reject it or we Don't give it the value that really belongs to it. And why uh, sometimes we we just think it's a book. The reality is, is the Bible is more than a book. It is a, it is a, uh, it it is an expression of who God is and what he wants to do for you and I. And the reality is, is that we have to ingest, we have to feed on the Word of God so that the, so that the life and the Word of God will be manifested in our lives. You know, it's not just enough to fill your brain with the Word of God. How many of you know we have to do the Word of God? And I'm going to share with you just a, a few brief things. And I'm not going, and I'm not criticizing or condemning anybody because I got my own issues. I've got my own issues. I've got, uh, (laughs) I couldn't keep my pants up this morning. (laughs) You know, I'm getting tired of tightening the belt. So I thought, well, I got, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to put suspender buttons on this and wear suspenders. So I don't have to keep pulling out my pants. So I've got my own issues. So I'm not criticizing. So anybody, anybody I step on any toes, it's not intentional. But it's not, all, it's not about that. So Jesus said to make him known. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Are you, are you giving value to the Word? Are you giving value to Jesus? Now, we're not worshiping a book, but we are worshiping the God of the book. We're worshiping the author of the book because the author of the book is the author of salvation. And the more I focus on him, you know, the more you look at something, the more you become like it. Have you ever seen husbands and wives? You know, 
Sometimes they look like each other. Have you ever seen a dog and his, and his master? <laughs> what do they call those pug-nosed things? Anyway, I've seen some things like that. Wow. Must have really been staring at that dog, or that dog was really staring at him. But he goes on to say, he was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him, nothing was made that was made. In him was life. In him was life. And we're not just talking about a past tense. We are talking about also a present tense to where we receive life from him. We receive life from the word. We receive life from the word of God. We receive life as we feed on him, meditate on him, and make him known. You know, your faith is built up by your mouth. Your faith is built up by your mouth. Do you know why? Because there's only one person in the world you trust the most, and that's you. You trust yourself more than anybody else. You say, oh, I don't trust myself, Pastor. Yes, you do. Even if you doubt yourself, you trust yourself. You trust that you doubt yourself. <laughs> if you believe anything negative about yourself, you believe that, and it doesn't matter what anybody says to you, whether the preacher preaches a great message and tells you how the Lord sees you, how the Lord loves you, how the Lord wants to lift you up, you will not believe it because you believe yourself. And so that's why the Word of God says you have to renew your mind. You have to change your mind. Your mind has to line up with the Word of God. God says, I watch over my Word to perform it, but if you are spewing out negativity, not only about yourself, but about others, you are, you are crippling God. You are tying God's hands to bring about a positive result in your life. You are handcuffing God. You said, well, God's all-powerful. He is all-powerful, but he has said that whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. So if you speak negative words about yourself and others, you are binding God from bringing about his plan and purpose and blessing into your lives. I better listen to this myself. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hallelujah. I don't even have to push the rewind button. <laughs> so in him was life, and the life was the light of men. We're going to take a look at that word light briefly today. But I just want to speak, uh, make him known. So Jesus is the living word. This is, a, this is the written word, but Jesus is the living word, and Jesus does not contradict this. 
And this does not contradict him. If you are confused about the Word of God, if you don't understand the Word of God, look at Him. You say, well, in the Old Testament, He did this, and in the New Testament, He does that. Look at Him. Look at Jesus. I, never, I haven't seen anywhere in the New Testament except for the book of Revelation where Jesus ever put sickness on anybody. But you know, when I was a kid, I, you know, the church taught that God used sickness to draw you close to him. Draw me, I wouldn't be singing, draw me close to you, baby. <laughs> if that's what you're going to do. No! Jesus... Jesus cleared that all up with, with one verse. The thief cometh not, but for to kill, steal, and destroy. But pastor, the Bible says that out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. Here's the second one. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. You want a third one? There was that woman that was bent over for years, and Jesus called her forth, and the Pharisees were getting mad, and he, Jesus said, Ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, be loosed from her infirmities? That tells me that the, that, the, that the living word and the word of God is all about healing, bringing deliverance. And healing is not just about the physical. It is about the whole man. Sometimes, sometimes our body, don't anybody, I'm not, I'm not specifically speaking about anybody. But there's a general rule that sometimes our mind causes psychosomatic diseases. Do you know, well, in the past, it was said that 70-some percent of all diseases were psychosomatic. What does it mean by psychosomatic? It begins, you've got a screwed-up brain. Or let me just say it this way. You have a mind that is not renewed to the Word of God. Have you ever heard ulcers? People used to believe that ulcers was because of what you ate. Ulcers are not about what you ate. It's about what's eating you. It's about what's eating you. If you are a person that, uh, that tends to anger, depression, anxiety, you've opened the door for physical ailments to attack you. Say, Pastor, you're, you're talking to me. I'm not talking to anybody. If the shoe fits, wear it. I'm not here to afflict you. I'm here to bring you healing. You say, Pastor, but you're shining the light 
on my mess. Well, that's so you can clean it up, baby. That's so we can clean it up. Oh, I just want to read you something. Where's my book? Oh, there it is. This was written by a Christian doctor. And uh, previously in the chapter, he was talking about um, things that were eating, things that eat us. You know, anxieties, fears, depressions, uh, anger, that sort of thing. And, he's, and he makes this statement. Where did my bookmarker go? Oh, there it is. It's on. It's on. There it is. Well, let me just read the. He says, no one can appreciate so fully as a doctor the amazing, amazingly large percentage of human disease and sufferings, which is directly traceable to worry, fear, conflict, immorality, uh, uh, deception, well, anyway, ignorance to unwholesome thinking and unclean living. The sincere appearance of the principles and teachings of Jesus with respect to the life of mental peace and joy, the life of unselfish thought and clean living that at once that at once wipe out half, more than half of the difficulties and diseases and sorrows of the human race. How would you like to have half your stuff cleaned up? You know what? You know what? If we talk about immorality, it's not to make you feel bad. It's to bring a bring you to a place to where you can be free and you can be healed and you can be whole. I mean, if Jesus had anybody he could have criticized, what about the woman caught in adultery? He could have he could have jumped right in there with the Pharisees. But he didn't. He spoke, to those, he spoke to those Pharisees and he said, he who is without sin, let him cast the first stone. The only one that was there without sin was Jesus. And he said, woman, where are your accusers? He said, I don't, I don't know, Lord. And he said, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Have you ever been an accuser? You want to get rid of it. Because if you got one finger pointing out, you got three pointing back. Wow, I wasn't even going to talk like this today. This is is party day. (laughs) I better remember that. Thank you, Jesus. Get back to make him known. So in him was life, and the life was the light of men. Jesus interprets the word of God for us. If you're confused about the word of God, look at Jesus. He interprets it for you. If you don't understand the word, look at Jesus. Jesus is the express image and likeness of the Father. God the Father is not in he- God in God the Father in heaven is not arguing with Jesus as to how to treat the children. 
Did you ever see parents argue about how they're going to discipline the kids? Well, God the Father and God the Son are not in an argument. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Hallelujah. So again, Jesus is the express image and likeness of the Father, what he thinks, what he acts like, and what he feels. God feels like Jesus felt. He acts like Jesus acts. He thinks like Jesus thinks. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse, uh, I'm sorry, Hebrews 12 verse 2 says, Looking unto Jesus the author and the finisher of your faith. If you're trying to build faith without Jesus, you've got a perverted faith. Looking unto Jesus. Looking unto Jesus when I feel like cussing somebody out. Pastor, you wouldn't do that. Looking unto Jesus. Looking unto Jesus when you are just fit to be tied. Looking unto Jesus when you feel depressed and you want to commit suicide. Looking unto Jesus when, there, when it seems like everything is against you, you look unto Jesus because he's the author and the finisher of your faith. If you don't look unto Jesus, you're going to sink like Peter. Fortunately for Peter, for Peter he said, Lord, save me, and Jesus just Pulled him right back up. Pulled him back up. Peter walked on the water. He sank. He called on Jesus and he walked back. I don't think Jesus drug him back. (laughs) Come on, Peter, you, you miserable failure. No, he got him up out of the water and they walked back to the boat. So even if you fail, even though you sink, even if you're bubbling water and it's the third time, you call on Jesus and he will lift you up. So looking unto Jesus, hallelujah. In John chapter 1, 1 John, I'm sorry. 1 John, 1st chapter, 5th verse. God is light. Now, we all know the scripture, God is love, but God is light. And the more light we get in us, the less darkness. Now, we know God's in us, but how many of us are letting him manifest himself, letting him show himself, letting him have the power in us. You know, you can shut God down. We already talked about that earlier. You can handcuff God, but if you unhandcuff God, God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Do you actually know that light cures? How do they fix cataracts? With laser light. There are, other, there are other operations that they do with laser light. What is laser light? 
laser is concentrated light. How many of you need some concentrated light in some areas? Well, don't, <laughs> don't get under condemnation. Because there is no condemnation to... I better preach this section. I'm over here and over there. There is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. There's none. If you're under condemnation, you are binding God and you are reducing the light. I remember, uh, now this, is, this isn't necessarily healing, but my grandfather used to be a mail carrier. And he'd have to walk. He didn't have the car to drive around from mailbox to mailbox. You know, I think it was, uh, they had to walk from house to house. And in the wintertime, I remember him coming home and he had made this kind of like wooden box and he put a light bulb inside that wooden box, and the, the one side was kind of slanted that he could sit down and put his feet on that, on that box. But when he turned on that light, the light produced the heat, and the heat helped his feet. Do you know that sometimes even a little light bulb can save things? Did you know that if we didn't have any light, we wouldn't have any food? I remember my dad growing tomatoes in the basement with fluorescent lights. Now, that was just to get them started. But light, without light, you don't have life. So again, God says, uh, God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Daniel chapter 5 verse 14, I have heard of you. Now, this is speaking of Daniel. This was when the, uh, the king had, king of Babylon, had gotten the uh, cups from the temple of God and they were drinking with them and having an orgy. And so God's hand, or there was a hand that came and wrote on the wall. <laughs> and nobody could figure it out. And the king's knees were knocking together. And his mother or his wife said, there is a man that has the Spirit of God in him. His name was Daniel. But it says, I've heard, and so the king said to Daniel, I've heard of you, that the Spirit of God is in you, and that light and understanding, you know, light and understanding go together. You ever seen, seen the light bulb come on? That's because you get understanding. He says, and that light and understanding and excellent wisdom are found in you. And so Daniel interpreted the message, and that prophecy immediately came to pass. He said, you have been found, you've been weighed in the balance and found wanting, and you are, you, the kingdom has departed from you, and he died that night. Talk about a word. How would you like a word like that? I don't think I like the prophetic. <laughs> we have bad, better covenant. Say better covenant. Better promises. Okay. So anyway, stay away from those orgies. <laughs> I got Travis. He's with me now. All right. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 4. 
says, whose mind the God of this age has blinded, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ should shine. Uh, who is the image of God should shine on them. The gospel carries the light. The gospel carries the light. Hallelujah. The power of the word. This is uh, actually where, this is the scripture I use to name Giving Light Christian Fellowship. It's Psalm 119, verse 130. The entrance of his word giveth light. I read this, I think, a couple of weeks ago, but it says it gives understanding to the simple. Do you need an interpretation for what simple means? Somebody that needs the light turned on. Okay. And then in Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 5 says, For you were sometimes, this is talking about you, Ephesians 5.8. He's speaking to you, say he's talking to me. For you were sometimes darkness. How many of you can remember your dark days? I've actually started to tell some people some of my dark days. I know I'm not going to make it public. Look at that. I got a camera. Where's it going to go? How Roger, do you want to get up here and tell us your dark days? <laughs> no. We'd be here all day. We'd never get to the party. Anyway. For you were sometimes darkness, but now, say now, now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. You are now light. You're not darkness. You might have had a dark past. You might have had a dark yesterday. I, I said might. You might have had a dark yesterday, but today, turn on the light. Let the light flow through you. Thank you, Jesus. Well, that was the introduction. We are talking about the Word of God having the power to bring healing into our lives. And that healing is also not just the physical but also the mental, and as I've already mentioned, the mental is sometimes responsible for the physical. That little book I just read out of is written by a doctor, and he tells about he tells stories about people that get emotionally upset, and then they can their bowels won't even move. Now think about your bowels not moving for two weeks. The wife of the guy said, be sanctified. <laughs> the wife of the guy said, he's been throwing up for two weeks. Well, why? Because he can't go the other way. He's bound. Whatsoever you bind on earth. How did he bind it? He bound it by cussing out somebody. He bound it by 
by being uh, aggressive in his language that couldn't even be printed in the book. And no doctor could help him. But fortunately, you can know the truth. You know, you know, uh, I'm not pointed at anybody because I'd have three fingers pointing back at me. But you know, you don't plan the days you're going to be angry. I think today I will be angry. I think I'm going to just flip out on somebody. I think, uh, no, you're just trying to be calm, cool, collected, and a nice Christian, and something flips your button. And all the things you thought you'd been redeemed from, all of a sudden, reappear. And you're praying the sinner's prayer, hoping God will hear you again. Am I talking to anybody today? You don't have to raise your hand. But Christ has come to set us free. Hallelujah. You remember I uh, was actually from Spurgeon. Spurgeon said, I am a great sinner, but Christ is a great Savior. Hallelujah. Amen. So let's get to the word here in our last closing minutes. (laughs) 15, by the way. But it says in uh, 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 56, it says, blessed, blessed be the Lord that hath given rest unto his people Israel according to all that he has promised. Do you know that God is not a liar? I think we talked about that. God is not a liar, so any promise that he gives us, he plans to fulfill. According to all his promise, there hath not one, there hath not failed one word of all his good promise, which he promised us. Not one. Not one. Not one promise has failed. You say, well, you didn't ask me, Pastor. Let me ask you, you've been walking in the light? as he is in the light, that you may have fellowship with him so that the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. We've already mentioned this, but in Hebrews 6, 18, it is impossible for God to lie. Impossible for God to lie. I could almost say it's almost impossible for you to tell the truth. But we're not focusing on us today because we're not self-centered. <laughs> we're focusing. Yeah, I've, you might be like uh, George Washington. I cannot tell a lie. I chopped down the cherry tree. Well, that story never even happened. But anyway, that's what, that's what I was taught in school. Hebrews chapter eleven six. 6. Without faith, it isn't so... He says it's impossible for God to lie. And then later on, he says it's impossible to please him without faith. He that comes to God must believe that he is. 
If you believe God is, that means he exists, he's alive, and he's still around, raise your hand. I'm going to look. All right, thank you. You believe that God exists. Good for you. But you must also believe that he is a rewarder. If you, believe, if you don't believe that God's a rewarder and you believe that he's just out to get you, you don't have faith. And you cannot please God because to please God, you must believe that he will reward you when you diligently seek him. Thank you, Jesus. Titus also says this. I don't know the verse. But he says, in hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie, promised before time began. So there's another word that says God cannot lie. Well, he says, uh, just to give you another one, in the Old Testament, uh, the word came through Balaam, but Balaam said, God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. You know, when God does something, he doesn't need to change it. Because everything he does is for our good. Everything. Now, don't get confused with what the devil does. And don't, conf don't blame God for what the devil does. Here's a good scripture to hang on to. Remember, uh, well, I'll probably get... Hopefully, I'll get to, get to it. But the, I'll just say it this way. The Bible's medicine. The Word's medicine. Anybody ever get medicine from the doctor? Yeah, yeah I'm not going to criticize you if you want to. I've gone to the doctor. I've gone to the hospital. I've had surgery. Hallelujah, I'm still here. Glory to God. Have you ever been gotten a little piece of paper and you have to take it to the drugstore and you get that prescription filled and it says, take one a day with a meal? I don't want that. I don't need that. Besides, it kind of sticks in, my, sticks in my tongue and it doesn't taste good. And when it goes down, it like catches in my throat. I don't want to do that. So it's going to happen if you don't take that medicine. I'm just going to believe God. Well, yeah, you've been believing God for 50 years. Anyway, so you decide not to take that medicine. So the doc, next time you see the doctor, he says, I can't believe this. Your numbers are worse than they were before. Have you been taking your medicine? Well, it's on my nightstand. I have it right next to my bed. Well, do you take it as prescribed? Do you take it as prescribed? Well, no, but it's on my nightstand. Actually, I put it under my pillow so I can get it by osmosis. <laughs> God's word is medicine, but if the medicine isn't taken... As directed, how, how much good's it going to do you? 
Thank you, Jesus. Well, Psalm 91, verse 9 and 10, and then 14 and 16. Because you have made the Lord, who, who is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation, no evil shall befall thee, neither shall any plague come near thy dwelling. Well, it's flu season. And not for me, baby. You know, every time I go to the... Now, I'm not... If, if you get this, that's fine. This is me. Every time I go to the doctor, they say, we see you haven't gotten your flu shot. Do you want it? I said no for the 50,000th time. You know, back, anyway, back when I was uh, young and just, in the, just getting started in the ministry, there was the bird flu. Well, I figured out I wasn't a bird. So why do I need a... There's all these different kind of animal flus going around, and I don't need them. They say, well, when you get it, no, I found out. Well, and I, I got to get off that. Neither shall any. Have you ever gotten sick of the flu? Sure. But I'm still here. I survived. Hallelujah. He will raise you up off of your sickbed. That's also a part of the scripture. He says, because, he has, because you have set your love upon him, therefore he will deliver you. He will set you on high because you have known his name. What is God's name anyway? It's not damn. I've heard a lot of people say, call him that. Some of you look shocked. Have you ever lived in the world before? I could tell you a bunch of stuff my dad used to say. But anyway, we can't print it. We can't say it right. But God's name isn't damn. That's right. It's I am. But, but the name he uses is Jesus. In my name, they shall cast out devils. They shall lay hands on the sick in my name, in the name of Jesus, I command that sickness and that pain to come out in Jesus' name. I want you, you know, if you're interested, read through the New Testament and tell me how many times they prayed for people to be healed. They didn't pray for people to be healed. They commanded the sickness to leave. That's why. Why did he do that? Why did they do that? Because he gave you authority. Behold, I give you authority over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Serpents and scorpions are related to demonic spirits. You know, it's funny that, you know, you don't have to know the exact name of the spirit. But if you know the nature of the spirit, like fear. How many of you felt fear before? You don't have to know its name. Its name doesn't have to be Alfred. <laughs> it's fear. He's manifested as fear. So you say, fear in the name of Jesus. I command you to leave in Jesus' name. 
Hallelujah. I remember, now this is cool, and some of you have already experienced this, but I remember somebody having pain in their shoulder. So you lay hands and you say, pain, go in the name of Jesus. Say, hey, how's your shoulder? It's great, but now my hip hurts. Well, pain, go from that hip in the name of Jesus. How's your hip? Oh, it's fine now, Pastor, but now my knee hurts. You've just discovered something. Pain doesn't jump around like that. Spirits do. So now you say, spirit of infirmity, I command you to go in Jesus' name. And it must obey you. I can't understand. My, you know, every time I pray for something, it moves. Now you know. You don't pray and ask God. God never said pray and ask him to get rid of a demon. Behold, you shall pray unto me, and I will get rid of all your demons. No, it doesn't say that. It says, in my name, you will cast, these signs shall follow them that believe. He starts with the easiest thing first. In my name, you'll cast out devils. I remember, I'm going to wrap it up. How's that? Got a lot of wrapping paper, though. <laughs> but anyway, I remember Melody was kind of like laying on her deathbed. She was, well, I'm not the doctor, you know. I can't pronounce you dead or alive. You know, but anyway, she was, she was having problems, and she's, she, you might as well tell the story. But anyway, she was laying on the bed and feeling like her spirit was leaving her body. She said it felt good. Well, I'm, I'm telling your story, so. <laughs> she said her spirit was leaving her body, and it felt good. But then a thought came to her. I remember I'm in my 20s. Got two kids. The thought that came was, how is Stephen going to take care of those kids? And Rebecca, how was she? Three years old. Comes into the bedroom. Did she lay hands on you? She laid hands on Melody and said, Devil, you get out of my mommy in the name of Jesus. What'd that devil do? He got out. She had, to, she had to rise up, and she starts walking around the room confessing. I can't even tell you what all she said. But she grabbed me by the chest and went, ah, We're going to be playing games no more. That's not playing board games, by the way. We're not playing games no more. You're going to be serious. Yeah. She'll have to tell the story sometimes. But a three-year-old, say three. three. A three-year-old cast a demon of death out of her mother in the name of Jesus. What is, the, what is that name that demons have to obey? It's the name of Jesus. How do we find that out? Because we read it in the Bible. We read it in the Bible. 
Oh, we heard it through the grapevine. No, we read it in the Bible. <laughs> I like Roger. <laughs> anyway, uh, we, we read it in the Bible, but it's not just to read about it. I've got to do it. I've got to do it. Thank you, Jesus. Man, I'd love to meddle right now. But we're going we're gonna to call out the healing team, and we're going to give them, Jesus has given them authority in the name of Jesus to take authority over sickness, disease, and pain, and devils, and command them to go in the name of Jesus. Well, pastor, you know, all, uh, all things aren't demons. No, I know that, but they will aggravate the situation. They will aggravate the situation. You might even have a chemical thing. But I'm sure the devil will aggravate the situation, right? So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the power and the authority of the Word of God. And we thank you, Lord God, that we not only have hearers of the Word in this place, but we have doers of the Word. And we have authority. So right now, I command every sickness and every disease and every devil to bow its knee to the name of Jesus, so that when hands are laid upon them and when they believe and when they begin to confess, they are going to see the manifestation of the healing power of God released through them in Jesus' name. And not only that, but they're going to also receive boldness to go forth and make Jesus known by speaking of him and demonstrating him in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to ask the healing team to come up.